Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast, episode 40. Mr. Johnny Seven here, as always. No Mark Mack today, though, so flying solo. I tried to get him on the phone, but I can't get it. I can't manage to get a connection, and he can't make it tonight. So, another packed show, as always. We're going to look at all our news of the week, a look ahead at the whole game later on. But first of all, we're going to start off uh, looking back at the weekend's game, and a big game again against City. Uh, obviously, we discussed this a lot last week. Uh, the talk for weeks now has been whether we would actually want an Everton win, or uh, which could possibly hand our despicable neighbours across the park, uh, you know, the, the, their first league title in God knows how long. Um, or would we want a City win, which would help them in their quest for the title? And it was about a 50-50 split on what people wanted, which ended up being quite irrelevant because uh, City really turned up on the day. Um, so we'll just start off at the beginning. Um, we went with a fairly strong team. Uh, there was all talks about who would play in goal and whether uh, Joel would get a nod in goal and whether we'd play uh, the likes of Brett Angel and Stuart Barlow up front and loads of it uh, and Ken Dodd at the back, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as I say, we went with a fairly strong team. Uh, although it was quite an unexpected kind of formation that we went with. I would have said that um, Stones possibly would have played in the Gareth Barry position because uh, obviously Barry wasn't eligible to play because it was a uh, City or his, his parent club. But we ended up playing uh, somewhat of a 3-4-3 formation with Alcaraz, Jags and Stones. Oh, Jags come back in after injury uh, in, in, in a back three. And then Baines and Coleman as wing-backs. Osman and McCarthy and as those holding midfielders. And then Barkley, Naismith and Lukaku as an attacking three. Um, and we started fairly well, really. Uh, it didn't take long before um, we really put the doubters, uh, any kind of doubts about what effort we were going to put into the game. Uh, we put those doubters, uh, put them to bed, really. Ross Barkley with a wonder goal. Uh, I think it was just a nice little bit of interplay. Naismith knocked the ball off to Barkley, who was on the corner of the uh, penalty box. And just first time it with the inside of the foot curled over uh, Joe Hart into the far corner. Absolutely sublime finish. And we celebrated like like we wanted to win, let's face it. Uh, he runs over to the Gladys Street, um, jumping in the air. I think any kind of doubt would just, uh, would just gone then. Gladys Street celebrated like it does every other goal. So uh, the atmosphere, atmosphere might have been a little bit strange, but... The Evertonians cheered that goal, and I think we'll talk a little bit about the criticisms about uh, our su- supposed support uh, or lack of support later on. But we celebrated that goal, um, one nil up, uh, and unfortunately, the uh, the lead didn't last too long. Um, I mean, I think there's a little little bit of criticism on this one though. Uh, Aguero just before just before this, he seemed to. Uh, pulling at his groin a little bit um, but uh, I think it was Alcaraz who stepped out and Torre played the ball in behind and he found a finish in the near post of Tim Howard coming out he shouldn't really have been beaten at his, uh, his near post, it was a bit of a cheap goal to give away and uh, so that's back to back to one all and Aguero goes off shortly after that Strange substitution, really, because they had um, they had Negredo and Jovetic on the bench, but they brought uh, Fernandinho on. But it seemed to work wonders because they really did control possession after that. The it wasn't there wasn't so many as so much of a you know so many clear cut chances at both ends really. Um, it was just more of a possession kind of play in the midfield uh, until uh, City did manage to uh, take the lead in the 43rd minute, just before half-time, which we could have done with holding on till half-time, really. But uh, across, from the, across from the right, and Dzeko gets his head on it. And at the game, obviously, I mean, I, we sit down the Gladys Street, this goal went in the park end. I was a little bit critical of Tim Howard again. 
I thought he went down a little bit slow. It was a bit of a. It was like he was in slow motion. Um, but seeing seeing the goal back and a few replays of it, I think I was a little bit harsh to be honest. I think uh, not many would have saved it. So uh, one all uh, and it's uh, sorry two one and it, it stays two one until half time. We get in there. We get in after. Uh, hopefully, Roberto can make the change, make any changes, or just get the team rallied. Um, I don't think there's any substitutions. No, no substitutions at half time. City come out again, and it's pretty much more of the same. Uh, a lot of City possession play. Uh, it's not like we weren't trying. It's just trying to get the ball off City. They did actually extend the lead three minutes after the break. Uh, just quite poor play, really. I think I think it was Nasri who put the ball in, put a cross in. But Stones um, stood off him, stood off him, stood off him. And he eventually just put a ball into the near post. And Jacko was there unmarked um, just to guide it in. I was talking to Mark last week about Stones and saying, you know, how good he is on the ball. And he's like Franz Beckenbauer-like <laughs> when he comes out with the ball. I've never seen a centre-back that young, or maybe any, really, who've got that kind of composure on the ball, uh, bringing the ball out. Uh, things like this, though, maybe that will come with experience and he'll just kind of either make the tackle or shepherd them out further to uh, further to the byline, not allow them to get that cross in because it was it was a really cheap goal to concede. And um, it was 3-1 down and it didn't look like there was any way back into it then. So City, again, were just controlling midfield. Uh, about 20 minutes into the second half, we kind of get a goal out of nothing. I think City were looking to make a change. They were bringing Torre off. Uh, and it was a strange one, I, I, you know. When when we saw the player warm, warming up, I think we thought Torre would go off, but then the goal went in. Uh, nice little diving header from uh, from Lukaku, really. Uh, ball in from Baines. Osman went up for it. It's just a, a little bit high for him. Lukaku got his head on it, in off the post. So nice finish. Uh, but the change still came, and it was Torre who went off. Uh, and it was Kolarov who came on. So potentially City's two most threatening players, Aguero and Torre, both off the pitch. I think they were looking to make that change when they were 3-1 up just to uh, rest Torre and kind of see the game out. Uh, but then it got back to 3-2, and I think they had a few hairy moments after that. So... It, I, Obviously, you know, we know the score. The score was 3-2 in the end, so it worked out. But I think, uh, looking back, I think it could have been a little bit more. They could have made a better change there or kept Torre on. But from our point of view, we kept chipping away. Uh, it's just one... Uh, we, we said last week, you know, it's not a given, you know, whether we will just, you know, throw this game or whether whether we have any say in whether we're just going to win it. Just because we've got a good record against City, we've got a good record against the top four, goodest in the season. It's, it's you know, they were chasing the league, chasing the, the, the championship, but wasn't down to us whether we were going to beat them. It was down to a number of factors and they're a very, very good team. Uh, what was frustrating is they, got, they were 3-2 up and then... A few little dirty tactics started to pop in with like time wasting, and there was a point there where Jacko, uh, I think he dragged Barkley back on the edge of on the edge of um, on the edge of the box, uh, and somehow managed to hurt himself, or you know, well he, he was pretending like he hurt himself or acting like he hurt himself. He was lying face down, and he didn't move for a number of minutes. And uh, there was a lot of booing, and I think the referee might have even booked him for this. Because he got up, he was holding his shoulder for a little while, but at, literally after about two minutes, he was running around like nothing happened. But he was he was down for a good few minutes, and you, you know a lot of clubs do this kind of thing, but you don't like to see it when it's teams up the top end. It's normally teams near the bottom who try these kind of stalling tactics, uh, but. You know, it worked for them. They got through. They, they, I think we, we did have a number of little half chances, but no real clear-cut one-on-one uh, opportunities. So, uh, subdued atmosphere. Again, I'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, it was by no means what uh, what 
it was made out to be. Uh, we give it a good go. There was a good uh, atmosphere at some points. Uh, I think there was a few little sing songs where we uh, we kind of we were singing with the city fans in unison about a certain uh, slipping captain across the park uh, and about how he slipped over and hand, possibly handed the championship to City. Uh, so nice little touch like that. As, of course, I should have mentioned before the game. The results uh, really went for us. Uh, Tottenham, who could have caught us to go into fifth, lost 2 0 to West Ham, had a man uh, sent off. Uh, and then the Man U game, they were playing uh, Sunderland at home. Sunderland, who I wrote off a couple of weeks ago and said they had no chances of staying up, suddenly turned into Brazil. Uh, Connor Wickham turns into Pele. And they, uh, they beat Man United at home. Uh, so we, without. Uh, Unless there was a 20-goal swing, Everton secured fifth without even kick, kicking the ball. So I think that kind of took a little bit of the pressure off the game, but it also made a, a few of those Blues who were kind of sat on the fence over what they kind of wanted out of the game. Um, I think it made them sway a little bit towards, well, not really bothered. So 3-2, City win, have one hand on the trophy. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was... It was a performance, really, that it should have been disappointing, but, you know, obviously the circumstances, it wasn't that disappointing. A couple of goals, including the wonder goal from Barkley, and shortly after the final whistle, you know, Roberto and the boys came round, uh, did the lap of appreciation, so it left us buzzing a little bit, you know, a nice touch after the game. We always try and, sorry, getting a little bit distracted here because City have just scored Dzeko, uh, so 1-0 up against Villa. Again, could be clinching the title. Anyway, uh, back to the Blues. Yeah, so the, the the team come. The only the only player who was missing really, I think, was Morales. Uh, obviously, Oviedo came out with his uh, with his little uh, little kid. All the, all the uh, all the players were running around. Os- Osman's uh, children running around like maniacs on the pitch. It's always always nice to see the players um, a little bit more relaxed. And you know, after a w- really wonderful season, you know. It was it was nice to show them our appreciation and for them to to show us how much they appreciated us. In particular, Roberto, who brought his daughter out, I think, and uh, asleep on his shoulder. I was just saying to the lads while we were at the match as well. You know, they bring the kids out and there's thousands of fans singing along. How do the kids stay asleep through that? Um, but you know, it was, it was lovely seeing the players, uh, as I say, with the, with the with the children out there. It's like special moments and. What appreciation we did show for Roberto, you know, singing the Ali Ali Oos, singing Roberto had a dream, and I think it's safe to, safe to say we love that man. And like I said last week, week before possibly, um, we're at the beginning of something special, and he's at the front of it. So yeah, bring on next season now. Can't wait already. Obviously, there's a whole game we'll talk about that in a sec, and I do. I, do prefer it when we have our last game of the season at home because then it's like a proper send off. Like we had our send off, but then they're going to Hull this week, so I prefer it when we have our home games, uh, our last game as the home game of the season. Plus, it makes it a little bit shorter to wait to wait until the season starts again. Anyway, so I shall leave the City game there. Normally, we do about half an hour because it's me and Mark both talking about it, both talking about our opinions. Uh, I can't really think of a man of them. Well, man of the match probably Barkley. Barkley played out of his skin, and I don't know whether it was because Roy Hodgson was watching, but he really showed uh, his potential again. And uh, you know that goal was just unbelievable. So leave the City game there, and I shall be back in a sec with all of our news of the week. That time again, Everton News of the Week, and it's a little bit different this week because at the moment I'm currently halfway through watching the Everton Awards live on Everton TV, Uh, so I'll go through the awards that we've covered so far. We have seen Everton Giant, and that award went to Bobby Collins, who uh, unfortunately passed away earlier this year, so his son collected that award uh, award from Big Dunk, uh, who won the the award himself a few years ago. Next up was Everton Ladies Player of the Year, and that went to forward Nikita Paris. And 
That was presented by a very smart-looking Leon Osman and Tony Hibbert, although Ozzy's still, uh, still sporting that shiner, and he had his hands in the po- his pockets all the way through. Uh, next one up, I think it was an obvious one, Academy Player of the Year, and with the progress he's made uh, to make it as far as the uh, bench, so far over the last couple of games, uh, Ryan Ledson took that award, and he wasn't there to pick up the awards because he has been selected for England under-70s in the Euros, so he's away there. And which is going to force him to miss uh, the last game of the season. There's been a few shouts for him to be included in that game because it obviously means nothing against Hull. So, but he's away, so he, he can't play in that game. Next up was the under-21 player of the season. And this wasn't just for any, any player under-21. It's more of the actual under-21 team, so the reserve side, really. And it was down to uh, the, their coaches, Unsworth and... Uh, Stubbsy to present the award and it was Ty Browning who took that one and obviously he's been around sniffing around the first team again uh, over the past couple of games and these players coming through uh, the future just looks so bright as we'll see in the young player that sees an award as well which is coming up in a sec really nice words from Unsworth as well who got asked about uh, coming back to the club and he said he hasn't stopped smiling since so nice to hear that kind of thing from former players coming back uh, and obviously Stubbsy spoke highly of a lot of the squad and said about uh, players going out on loan how it you know it doesn't really help him out in the under 21s squad but it's a good sign because it shows how, how talented that, that they are uh, next up after that was a pretty big award and there was a number of players who you wouldn't even think of who were uh, up, up for this award and it was uh, I, I thought the favourites would, would have to be James McCarthy Ross Barkley and John Stones. But then in the highlight video, they also showed uh, Oviedo, Joel, um, Lukaku, Delafeu, and they also put uh, Traore in his brief cameo for Everton as well. So uh, a lot of com- competition there, and it could have been one of the three, oh, I said, really. I mean, uh, a lot of people wanted McCarthy, and there was even a special note uh, where the note for, from uh, the people who presented the award, which uh, Snods and uh, Tim Howard but it actually went uh, for McCarthy but actually went to Ross Barkley so it deserved as I say it, it could have been could have been one of those three and would have been very much deserved could have even went to Lukaku and been deserved so made up for Ross though and he was his aw- usual awkward self in the uh, the interview afterwards just uh, you can tell it was made up but you know he, if he's going to go on to be this superstar that everyone uh, expects him to be then he's going to get used to having a camera in his face pretty soon, I'd imagine. From there, we had a little break for the auction. Uh, the the most notable piece on there was uh, Roberto's Brown Brokes, which I think were bought by Bill Kenwright for £5,000, which went to uh, uh, Everton in the community. So, nice little gesture by uh, by Bill Kenwright. Just hope that isn't our transfer budget gone. But hopefully they weren't Roberto's lucky brogues, so hopefully he's got another pair in his uh, wardrobe there. Uh, so, actually on a musical break at the moment, so we will come back in a sec with uh, come back in in a bit with the the rest of the awards, and I'll just move on to the other Everton news of the week for now. Uh, today, this, it's Wednesday, recording this uh, the, the, this time round. It is actually twenty years ago today since that famous uh, victory against Wimbledon, which ensured our survival, uh, the 3-2 victory at Goodison. Uh, and, oh my God, what a day that was. 2-0 uh, down, obviously people know the story of an hour, pretty much an own goal, deflected in, and a, a ridiculous handball by Anders Limpar, which gave Wimbledon a penalty uh, to make us 2-0 down. Uh, and then Limpar goes up the other end, uh, wins a somewhat fortuitous penalty, which Graeme Stewart scores a 2-1, went in at half-time, 2-1, of course. And then Barry Orn, of all people, with a wonder strike to put us back on level terms, and Graeme Stewart with what can only be described as the dodgiest goal of all time, which uh, Hans Sager's kind of flopped over uh, to, to give us the 3-2 victory. And... You know, it was my first full season as a season ticket holder, and uh, what a season to have your first season! And despite it being, you know, a poor season, I was hooked, and I've had a season ticket every year since. So, yeah, good times. Well, <laughs> good memory of that one game. Not so much of the rest of the season. 
Next bit of news, you might have seen this uh, picture doing the rounds on, uh, on, on the internet. Picture of Tim Howard with no shirt on. Uh, it's part of the Ink Not Mink campaign. So I think uh, rock stars in the past, like Tommy Lee, have uh, took part in this campaign, just showing the tattoos rather than wearing animal fur. So good cause, and Tim getting involved in that. Uh, there's been an awful lot of uh, transfer talk once again today. And this week we have been linked with James Milner from City. I think if we got hold of him, I think he'd do a similar job to Gareth Barry. I don't think he's highly rated outside of uh, England, well, England and uh, City. But I think if he come in, you'd really see what, what how valuable a player he, he can be. He's very versatile and he works really hard. And he's got a little bit of skill as well and decent finish on him. Uh, also, Marcus Albrighton from Villa. I think he's on a free at the end of the season, so he might be worth a uh, worth a look at as a squad player. We've also been linked with Diame from West Ham. Apparently, he's got a 3.5 million clause in his contract, and we talked about him earlier on the season. And I, I, I just can't see it. I just can't see. Uh, I, I just think he's not very good, to be honest. And uh, Yusuf Malumbo from West uh, West Brom. Uh, he's been linked with a move away from West Brom. And linked with us and Tottenham. So obviously, he's, I think he's a midfielder. So obviously, he's going to be linked with Tottenham because they buy all the midfielders, don't they? Uh, other transfer news as uh, of sorts is uh, Roberto uh, is staying calm about signing Lukaku. I think he's waiting until the World Cup's out the way. He's going to remain patient on him. And hopefully, you know, the price can come down a little bit because 25 million does seem a lot at the moment. Uh, just staying on Roberto. Once again, he's been linked with Spurs this week. And it just baffles me. I think Mark put out on our Facebook today. Why would we would anyone think that a move to Spurs is a, a, is a step up from Everton? It's just, you know, even the position to the table, you know, aside, it's, they might have a little bit more money. They've got no loyalty. They sack managers left, right and centre. They've got no class as a club. Roberto... He's home. He's home now. You know, he's the way he's walked into this club. He's turned the, the, the attitude of this club around. And I think he's going to be here for a long time. He's not going to sit here. He's not going to Tottenham. I think the only place he might go is Barcelona in a few years. Now, uh, Luis Enrique is going there in the summer, so that buys us a little bit more time with Roberto. And you know, I think obviously if that job comes available and he goes for it, you can't begrudge him uh, the Barcelona job. But there's no way he's going to Spurs. Bit more uh, news on the squad. Pienaar and Gibbo looked set to be training back with the first team, and both or uh, Pienaar in particular could make an appearance against Hull in the final game of the season. We'll talk about that in a sec uh, when we do the Hull preview. Uh, Stones for England. Uh, Phil Jones went off injured at the weekend, so there was a big, uh, big, big uh, shout for Stones to come and replace him if he doesn't make the World Cup. I think there was a possibility that he might, might have come in anyway, but now, you know, there's even more talk about it. Another player uh, talking about the World Cup is Brian Oviedo. He looks set to turn down uh, Costa Rica's call for him to play in the World Cup just so he can concentrate on getting back to uh, full fitness uh, in, for Everton next season. And it's one of those, I mean, you can't begrudge a player a World Cup, but I, th I think... With the support he's received this season, I think it's it'll be his way of kind of paying us back for the support we've shown him, which is would be a nice touch. Uh, other little bits of news: the Dixie Dean statue uh, has been put back up in what is now the gateway to the club, along with a wall of fame where it used to be down the uh, down the bottom by the park end. Uh, so that was unveiled this week and there's a, a lot of plaques uh, I think there was a, me and Mark talked about it earlier on in the season where you could have uh, you could have paid to get your plaque up there so we were debating get a not better just better one but uh, I think it was 300 quid so I uh, didn't fancy that in the end uh, season ticket sales apparently 24,800 season tickets have been sold already so before the, even the end of the season so that's you know I think that that's I think that even surpasses last season uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, and there's still time yet to, for people to get extra ones as well so definitely a buzz around the club. There's been a little bit of a uh, talk about uh, 
what I, I put this out as a question actually, which we'll come to in the social media section about pl- possibly playing the youngsters this weekend. One of those youngsters who's been on the bench uh, past couple of weeks who we've talked about. I think I mentioned it in the uh, in the awards uh, news before. Ryan Ledson is uh, actually unavailable this weekend. He's been he's uh, representing the under 17s for England in the Euros coming up. So uh, well done to him. Other bits of news. Uh, whenever I see Ross Barkley's name in the news at the moment, it seems to be uh, it seems to have Chelsea target, Liverpool target, or Man U target before it. Why is he not just Everton's Ross Barkley or Everton and England star Ross Barkley? Um, why would he ever go to Liverpool? He's got an Everton tattoo up his arm. No chance of that ever, ever happening. Talking about that dodgy lot across the park, uh, there seemed to be a lot of Liverpool biased commentary and journalism after the uh, around the City game at the weekend, particularly from... Uh, Martin Tyler, of all people, from Sky on Sky Sports, and making comments about how the crowd don't really want it, don't really want the win, and just it, we're kind of handing it to City. Anybody who watched that performance, I don't see how you can make that argument. It seems to be uh, it seems to be twisted a lot towards uh, with a Liverpool slant on all this uh, media. There was some, something in the Metro, which is the free paper you get on the buses and trains, about how we handed it to City and how we, we you know, we, we will regret not helping Liverpool out. Oh, wow. We didn't slip over and hand the title to City. Steven Gerrard did that. So we tried, you know, we scored a couple of goals, battled against a very, very good City team and lost 3-2. What more can you say about it? The, the, the squad... Was uh, sorry, the crowd was a little bit, a uh, little bit subpar, but nowhere near as much as the people are making out. So uh, just, just do one, just shut up. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's the other news of the week. And I'll go back to the uh, the second part of the awards, which is finished now. Uh, so I'll just get that information now. It was a great event. First time I watched that live, uh, and I was almost in tears at the end when uh, Bill Kenwright was going through player by player rundown uh, of, the, of the first team squad, and um, yeah, let's say almost in tears. I just can't wait for next season to start already. I wish I was going to Hull, but um, I, I just I can't make it. I'm, I'm working over the weekend, so I can't make it. Uh, yeah, so roll on next season, and we'll get to go to Goodison for uh, a few more. A few more times next season, won't we, with the cup runs and the uh, Europa League as well. So, can't wait. Some of the other uh, awards were uh, the Howard Kendall Award, which was presented by Bainsey, Lukaku and Bill Kenwright. Good words from uh, from, from the lads, but they seem to answer the questions uh, in, in a good, positive, blue way. I get the sense, though, from uh, from what Bill Kenwright said about Lukaku, he basically said thanks for what you've done for us, and you know you'll always be in our hearts, and we'll always. So it seemed to be a little bit of a uh, like a signing off for him. But that award, the Howard Kendall Award, uh, went to Sir Philip Carter. Um, so Bill Kenwright told a famous story uh, about uh, Christmas Eve in 1983 when Howard Kendall actually resigned from Everton just before you know the glory years began, and Philip Carter, or sorry, Sir Philip Carter, uh, actually rejected his res- resignation, and we know we all know what happened after that. He went on to win the, uh, the win the cup that year, and you know launched our most successful ever period. So uh, Sir Philip Carter, yeah, it's well deserved. Uh, another couple of awards, Players Player of the Season, which is quite a prestigious one because it's you, you, the players who you play week in, week out with, and it's uh, their recognition for what you, what they've done over the season. Um, you know, a lot of good candidates for this, and it's presented by Phil Jagielka and uh, Brian Oviedo. And as Oviedo stepped up onto the stage, St George's Hall was filled with a chorus of Oviedo Baby, and um, Oviedo looked a little bit embarrassed, but... Uh, you know, a little bit made up as well. So, again, uh, he was asked a few questions. He was kind of put on the spot, and he is not comfortable with a microphone. So, but uh, the winner of that award, the Players' Player of the Season, was Seamus Coleman. So, made up for him. 
goal of the season uh, and it was from four and it could have been any number more and I think some of the ones that were omitted were Bainsey's two free kicks at West Ham a couple of Morales um, free kicks as well uh, the, the four that were selected were Ross Barkley's solo effort against Newcastle Oviedo's winner against uh, Man U uh, Seamus Coleman's 30 yard away at Swansea and Ross Barkley's from against City last week and the winner which Sharpie chose and then actually picked out, which people voted uh, for on Twitter, were, uh, was Ross Barkley's against City. And again, what an absolute uh, sublime finish it was. Interviews afterwards again, Ross, uh, Ross was awkward as always and said that he told uh, Joe Hart, did you like that, yeah? And uh, Joe Hart replied, there was no way I was saving it. And I don't think anybody would have saved it. So, uh, the next award was the Chairman's Blue Blood Award. So, this was where Bill Kenwright gave his rundown of the first team squad. And as I say, he got all teary-eyed. He went through with a fitting tribute for every player on there, including um, including a few of the subs. And the award, after only one season in charge, it went to Roberto Martinez. And it, I, I've got to agree that it was just an absolute fitting tribute because he... He's really transformed this club and he's become an Evertonian. He's become synonymous with Everton after just one season. Uh, I couldn't be happier to have him as a manager. And I think 99.9% of Evertonians would agree with that. After, even after a poor performance, uh, he, he'll, he just has a few magic words and it makes it okay and it makes you look forward to the next game. And not many managers do that. I remember you know, Moisey, uh, he could come out and say dis- like words like disappointing. I remember managers in the past, they come out and said dis- use words like disappointing, disappointing and all the time. And um, Roberto seems to use words like terrific and special and incredible. And he seems to use these words a lot. And he reinforces um, just this positive uh, buzz that's around the club. So... Yeah, amazing. Uh, the final award of the evening, which uh, a biggie again, it's uh, voted for by the fans. So I suppose in that sense, it's uh, it's the most pre- prestigious, as in uh, the player's player of the year is by your peers, but this is recognition by uh, you know the, the the voting fans from you know thousands upon thousands of fans, and that award went to. Seamus Coleman again so I think James McCarthy must have ran him close because when we put stuff out on Facebook or Twitter M- McCarthy is always up there uh, there was a few others in the running I think uh, M- Gareth Barry was in the running Lukaku was in the running uh, Distan was in the running um, but obviously Coleman double award so yeah well done to him and that was the end of the awards Uh I'd love to go. <laughs> maybe, maybe if we get professional on this podcast and start producing it better, we will be there next year. Fingers crossed. Have a word. Get tweeting Bill. Get tweeting Everton and get us there next year because I'd love to uh, do a special from there. And that will pretty much wrap up the news for this week. I shall be back in a sec with the social media section. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. So there's our links for Facebook and Twitter. We normally put a question out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, or a question or two, to get your views. And you can get in touch with us with other stuff as well. But... What, uh, the main question this week was a quick question which I actually put out this evening uh, out of the relegated clubs and we can now include Norwich in that who would you take to boost the squad would any make the first team and somebody actually asked me on Twitter uh, this the other day and I thought it was a good one to include um, and my answers were uh, Snodgrass and Ruddy from Norwich I thought would be able to um, boost the squad uh, Ryan Sangster agrees with Snodgrass, uh, Snodgrass and Ruddy. He also says Hooper, De Jagger and Corker from uh, Cardiff. Uh, Daniel Catton says Snodgrass. 
Jack Bunter, Corker, Parker and Johnson. So Scott Parker, who we've been linked with a million times. Adam Johnson, yeah, I, although Adam Johnson hasn't been relegated, so that'll be a little bit more difficult. Um, Marshall, uh, says Stephen Bittell. Uh, the Cardiff keeper, so he came to Goodison, had a wonder, you know, a wonder game, played the blinder. So I think a lot of clubs have taken notice. But since somebody makes the point uh, later on that there's no chance that they'll come and um, come and sit on the bench. Uh, I think he's uh, he's got to come in and play first team football. Yeah, that Jay Moores. Let's be honest, lads. Ruddy and Marshall won't be coming unless they be guaranteed a starting spot. I'd take Ruddy, Redmond, Corker and Fair though. So Leroy Fair we were linked with uh, before he went to Norwich. I think we'd probably be linked with again. He seems decent. Seems to have a good engine on him. Um, Paul Jimenez. None of these players stand out. We want to push on and should aim higher than these players who act those clubs for a reason. They're not good enough and that includes Fair. We're lucky we didn't waste money on him. I think you're yeah, a little bit harsh uh, in that point because you know, look where McCarthy came from. You know, Wigan relegated last year. We took a chance on him, and he was arguably our best player this season. Rob Fuzzholt, there's um, two young brothers that play for Norris. Can't remember their names. They were my choice. You obviously don't stand out that much. Um, Nathan, Red uh, Nathan Redmond and Marshall says Gavin Crane. Richard Roberts says Redmond as well. Sean Hughes says Yobo with two exclamation marks. So I don't know whether that's tongue-in-cheek. I don't know why we ever let Mo, uh, Yobo go, though. He, I, I thought he was a good player. I think he had a bit of a falling out with Moyes, um, and he seemed to spit his dummy and uh, was away when he shouldn't have been. Um, but he was always a good, solid defender, apart from that one time when he was tying his laces and he uh, let Rooney score. Um, so it was a bit daft one. A bit of a daft one. Um, Jake Allen, Roddy Yeager. Uh, I think he's from West, West, uh, West Brom, but I think he's from Fulham. Skellenberg uh, from Fulham says Sam, uh, Sam Sergei Barry Nick DeSala I'd go for uh, Holtby Hangeland and Much uh, Paul Maguire says Noon from Cardiff and then he corrects himself that's Craig Noon not no one so it's a bit of a play on his type in there Dan Emson Cork is decent probably too pricey though uh, F. Burgess, none of them, don't get me wrong, they're one or two decent but need to move on to bigger things. We need bigger players. Uh, I don't know, I think they could come in and do a good job in a better side. Um, it's unfair to just lump them all in and say because they were relegated, they are all poor players. It's, you know, it is a team game and the team was poor. So I think we, uh, Roberto especially, would be able to get the best out of uh, a number of players. So names that keep popping up, Carl Callan said, uh, Marshall, Corkin and Much from Cardiff, Snodgrass, Stoggrass, Redmond and Ruddy from Norwich, and Berbatov when his loan expires from Fulham. The Jagger pops up a few times from uh, Fulham. Pete Richards, as uh, again, I'm assuming this is tongue-in-cheek, Yobo, Heitinger and Ruddy, and then get new, Neil Adams as uh, the new gaffer. Old Everton connection there. Uh, Michael Bateson, any fecker to replace Alcaraz. I was going to touch on Alcaraz in the uh, the match report before. Um, I have been trying to defend him. Do you know after the own goal against uh, Southampton or for Southampton, I thought he was very unfortunate with that one, and I, I, I thought he was a scapegoat for that game. But I tell you what, in that City game, he did me or himself no favours whatsoever. He just he looked dodgy as hell, and I, I, I think it. He's, the, the, that formation it doesn't help the three centre backs. Uh, three, the, the three centre backs who are in that role it doesn't help them at all. They constantly get in each other's way. They constantly don't know which one of them is going to take respons responsibility for bringing the ball out. Just stick to the uh, two centre backs, and we, we basically play that three centre back form like a wing back formation anyway, with only two. So putting three in there, it just it, it just upsets the balance so much. I'd say just go with that and just play one of them in front. I think even playing a player out of position is still better than having uh, that formation. But that's just my, you know, what do I know? Roberto's manager, so we do trust him. It's just, uh, just my opinion on it. The other question I asked today was, the season is pretty much done. 
would you play the fringe players and youngsters against Hull or is that unfair to the Travelling Blues? Uh, first off, we uh, first answer was Kelly Scott, Mike Andrew, get three more points and set a new Premier League record. Uh, George, Everton, David, Whitaker, unfair, still want three points no matter what. Uh, Peter Thompson says, play a mix, some of the youngsters and the usuals, as long as it is an Alcaraz, which has seven likes, so a lot of people agree with that. Uh, Liam McQueen says, give all the lone players 90, uh, some youngsters like Browning, Ledson and Garber a go, and the usuals. So obviously, we've just said before, Ledson's not going to get a go, but I agree, give Browning and Garber a go. Uh, Sam Lyle, I'd say start, start a strong team and win the game by half-time, if possible, to get over 70 points, then bring on the youngsters. Jake Duffy gives his team, and his team is pretty much a full-strength team. Uh, Howard Coleman, Jag Stones, Baines, Barry McCarthy, McGeezy, Delafeu, Naismith, and Lukaku. So, doesn't agree with playing the youngsters there. Stuart Tag, I don't think it's unfair. The Travelling Blues will have a party regardless of results. I will play a strong side, but give Garber at least a roll from the bench, and maybe give Ledson, yeah. Um... Karen Griffiths, three points. Want to finish on 72 points. Be brilliant to make the 70-point mark for the first time in the Premier League. I think with the way... Uh, don't want to cross over into the uh, the whole preview, but you know they might have a weakened side. So we could play some of the youngsters and still push on anyway. Uh, Richie Gilbertson, it's a nothing game and Hull will be likely to be thinking of the FA Cup. So this echoes what I've just said. We should have a mix of established faces and the youngsters Martinez thinks might be useful next season. Uh, Jack Farron, I think Hull will be looking at the FA Cup next following uh, following weeks, so we could afford to play some of the youngsters. youngsters again, what I said. Uh, Rich Dean, I think Browning and Garber should at least be given around for the last 10 to 15, given they've made it to the bench fairly recently. Other than that, the strongest team possible. Let's end with the win. I think after the City game... It, you know, even though it means nothing, it would be nice to end on a win. Uh, Jeff Kate uh, or Keith, start with a strong eleven, play one or two youngsters second half, and play another uh, two with reserve goalie. Uh, Dale Tomaselli, play a strong side. I'm sensing a three nil win. I'd have that Dale. Uh, Chris Soap Davies Davis, strongest side we can. We've got pre-season to see how the kids have come on. Uh, I, hmm. Jack Williams has given his team Howard Coleman, Stones, Jags, Bain So full strength, back four Barry McCarthy, full strength uh, Holding midfielders Maggie Gay, Delafeo, Barkley and Velios Love to see Velios and Gay get a run out I agree with 50% of that I'd have Velios in But I wouldn't have Gay anywhere near the team sheet Uh John Wardale would leave Alcaraz a hull, but yeah, garbage should start. Colin Barker, I want 70 point barrier breaking, more points between us and the scum is required, and it'll be a good put for the fans. We need a big win to say thanks to the 12 man. Uh, finally, uh, um, another tongue in cheek answer from Andy Winterbottom, Ian Turner, Alessandro Pistoni. Alan Stubbs, Philip Senderos, Steve Watson, Tommy Graveson, Segundo Castillo, Diniar, Billy Netanov. Mark will be chuffed with that. Jack Rodwell, James Vaughan and Tony Cotty. Yeah, so that, I could see that being our starting line-up against uh, Hull for sure. Uh, yeah, so cheers. Thanks. Uh, we actually passed 10,000 likes on Facebook this week, so thanks so, so much for everybody who shared our page and takes time to comment, even if it is telling us how stupid we are. We do appreciate it most of the time. It's just when uh, people come on and, uh, well... The, as you can imagine, the amount of red shites that have been all over our page uh, just has just been absolutely ridiculous. But luckily, all our fantastic blue fans have put them in the place and told them where to go. And uh, but they do keep coming back. But generally, they do leave with egg on the face because they get really uh, just shown, just just showing up. Uh, and I do feel a little bit embarrassed for them coming on Everton sites. The the, the Liverpool ones, Liverpool pages must be uh, mustn't be as entertaining as ours. So sorry, sorry, uh, sorry about your bad luck, but um, never mind. Okay, so that will wrap up our social media section. As I say, there's our, our you heard our links beforehand. 
Uh, so get us on Facebook, get us on Twitter. Or you can also email us. I haven't put that in there, but it's not bitter, just better at outlook.com. So you can send us voice clips, uh, voice recordings uh, of your thoughts. And we've, done, we've included them before in the podcast. So feel free to send those as well. Um, I shall be back in a sec and we'll have a look ahead at the whole game at the weekend. So it's time to look ahead at our upcoming game at the weekend, the final game of the season. This amazing 2013-14 Premier League season has just been, you know, just non-stop craziness, really. Uh, so I'd like to say welcome to our YouTube listeners and those watching us on www.blueheartbluesoul.co.uk as well. Easy for me to say. Um, first of all, we're going to have a little look back at the whole game earlier on in the season where we uh, managed to get a 2-1 victory. If you remember that game, Morales put us 1-0 up after 8 minutes and then uh, Yannick Sagbo uh, scored an equaliser after about half an hour and then in the pouring down rain, St- super sub Stephen Pienaar came on for one of his only, one of only, only a few contributions this season really, but scored... Uh, 10 seconds after coming on as a sub. A uh, lovely little first-time finish, if you remember that one, little side foot in off the post. So and we held on for a 2-1 victory. Um, the previous fixtures, uh, we obviously we went down 3-2 to Man City at the weekend, which uh, which is a game we'll all, we'll all remember. Uh, Hull went down 3-1 to United last night, uh, of course the young lad uh, Wilson coming in scoring two goals, so both on the back of uh, of defeats Everton haven't really got anything to play for at the end of the season, or, you know all the, all the top six, top, uh, the top half of the season pretty much uh, secured now we, uh, we're going into Europa League in fifth place next season so it's only really pride for us to play for really, Hull I suppose uh, most of their side are going to be playing for FA Cup places as they play in the FA Cup final a week after uh, week after next. They will have Jelovic and Long available if fit this week, uh, who will be cup tied and won't be able to play in the FA Cup final. So I think I'm going to do uh, Mark Max one to watch th- uh, this week, seeing as though he's not here. And Rather than say Jelovic, I'm going to say Shane Long will be my man to watch because I think he's, he's always a danger, he's always a busy player and he was someone who was linked with us before he signed for Hull. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's caused us a few problems before and, yeah, he definitely could be one to look out for this weekend. As for the Everton lineup, we had a little debate before about uh, whether we'd go with youngsters or whether we'd go full strength. I think some kind of balance of the two I'd like to see Garber come in. Uh, I don't see the point in risking uh, Jagielka again if he's still not 100% fit. If Distan is fit, maybe go with him and Stones again at centre-back. Uh, I don't, would not like to see us to play that wing-back formation again. Uh, as I was saying before, playing three centre-backs, they just get under each other's feet and uh, they don't know which one is going to be taking the ball out. It's just uh, it just looks a little bit too clumsy. Maybe if something we can uh, bed in pre-season, if we want to try that formation out, uh, you know, get a few friendlies uh, playing that formation. But I, I don't think it's worked. The two games I've seen us play, uh, I think I think it was against West Brom or someone earlier on in the season, and the City game. I don't think it worked for us. I think we should stick to uh, the back four with those push, the wing backs pushing on. Um, obviously, Barry will come back in. Uh, could be his final game for us. So, uh, also Lukaku could be his final game for us. And after seeing the awards, even before, I really think it will be. I think he's uh, going to be on his way. Barry, I'm not too sure about. He, I think he's going to play it by ear. You know, I think he's going to uh, hang, maybe hang out, see if he gets a better offer, which is unfortunate to say. Um, but it's the reality of it, isn't it? 
Uh, we, we never know, though. I mean, he, he might have got the Everton bug, like so many players seem to seem to get. They just don't want to move on. So I think it'd be a nice place for Barry to end his career. Uh, Marcus, Marcus was t- saying last week uh, about him possibly going on to Villa and getting a part-time coaching role. Uh, I can't see that's too much of a step down, that is. So uh, I think he's still got a few years of challenging uh, for at least Champions League and, and we're better than Everton to do that. Uh, I think I think now would be a good opportunity to play McGeezy, but I think he's going to go with Delafeu to again just to see what we can get out of him. Uh, you know, if we, we might be taking him on, I think it was confirmed that we're going to be taking him on for a second season loan. Uh, I don't think there's been an, an actual official confirmation from the club yet. I think it's all all hearsay. Uh, I think everybody would like to see what he could do. Uh, how how he can progress, you know, with a little bit more experience. His distribution obviously needs to be a little bit better, and as does his decision making. But I think that will come with a, with another season. Definitely with a preseason behind him, he'll really get into that Everton mentality. So, uh, as much as I like to see McGeezy come in and, uh, and have a go, I think it will be uh, I think it will be Delafeu on the wing. Uh, I think he'll go with Naismith possibly behind again, Barkley, and. Um, I think I'm running out of places in this eleven here. Uh, there was talk about Pinar, Pinar getting us uh, getting a go. I just don't know whether it's come round a little bit too quick for him to just suddenly be unfit and then suddenly be oh yeah he's ready for selection. I don't think Roberto works that way. I think he likes to have uh, players 100% fit. So I don't think we'll see Gibbo or Pinar uh, until next season. Now, as much as I'd like to, uh, I think they're both back in with training with the first team. But I think this game is just a little bit too soon. So let, let them get the full pre-season behind them and get them back in for the start of next season. I'm not going to do a prediction because, in fact, you know what? This game doesn't matter at all. I'm going to do a prediction and I'm going to say a 2-1 win for the Blues. I'd like Tim Howard to get another clean sheet, clean sheet to push him closer to the record, but I don't think we'll get it. Uh, I think Hull, they're going to be looking to impress for the Cup. They'll get a goal at least, but I think we'll be too strong. I think Lukaku will sign off on with another goal, uh, and then maybe maybe a Bainsey penalty to finish it off. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, okay. So on, our previews are normally a little bit longer than this, but obviously I'm doing it on my own today with no Mark, so I'll leave it there. Um, if anyone has any differing opinions and wants to get in touch, you've got the links. Uh, like to say thanks for listening. Thanks for following us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, listening on SoundCloud, listening on Podbean and iTunes. If you do follow us on uh, Podbean or SoundCloud and you have an Apple device, subscribe to us and you'll get your podcast directly to your iPhone or your iPad on Thursdays. Well, mostly Thursdays. Keep spreading the word for us. We've had some uh, nice feedback again this week saying it makes work bearable or it makes the journey home bearable. Just keep spreading the word amongst Blues for us. We know that we, we have listeners in Australia, America, you know, places in Europe, Ireland, whatever. Just if any Blues that you know, here or abroad, just let them know about it and uh, you know let's build on towards next season. One more game to go and then we'll do our end of season awards, our very own Not Bitter Just Better end of season awards and then God knows what we're going to do for the rest of the summer. Um, Thanks for listening once again Blues and come on you Blues let's sign off with a win uh, at the weekend.